Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. The fight is growing. E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we got a really cool show for you guys today because we're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. One of my favorite parts about doing this show in the first place is just the sheer number of really cool people we get to talk to on Finding Your Frequency and, you know, just hearing their story and how that can help, you know, other people, whether you be an entrepreneur or executive at a company or whatever the case may be. We're hoping to bring you guys some content that uh, that helps you and helps inspire you, helps you to solve some of the problems that you might be might be dealing with in your business or in life or uh, health and wellness related topics and all that stuff. So a big shout out to everybody who's listened for 2020. I know it's been quite the roller coaster ride as we've all been experiencing just uh, a whole shift of uh, different modalities in in the way we live, the way we you know have relationships with our neighbors, and it's just been uh, an interesting ride. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go search high and low, just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On schedule delivery, one of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four cents available, unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Tree and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. SpaTreeOfficial.com. Get your awesome hand sanitizer. So today we have a great guest, uh, Michael Levine, passionate researcher, great guy. Today's episode, this is a story of a man on a mission, a man to save history, a mission to create unique art, and a mission to disrupt typical systems. And now, oddly enough, a mission to protect us from COVID-19. It might seem strange to understand how an artist could get wrapped up in the science of a virus that has ravaged the globe. Yet that's exactly what 
today's guest has done. Michael Levine has pulled back the curtain on science to show us what he believes has been hiding in plain sight. First, I want to find out from Michael, who's our guest, give us a little bit of a backstory on who you are, what you do, and, and why you do what you do. How did you, how did you find your frequency to, to where you are? I know you've done you know, a whole plethora of different things in your life. What led you to today? I'm an artist who also does historic preservation. Okay. Uh, I'm a welder, fabricator. I didn't want to be a starving artist, so I came out from New York, uh, came out to Arizona, Land of Opportunity, Weld Outside, Fabricate, did stuff at Broadway Southwest, um, Carter Holly Hell, started with one warehouse, renovated that warehouse, got to another warehouse, realized that no one was doing that, found a niche, and I've saved nine of the remaining 33 warehouses in the warehouse district. So that's in uh, the warehouse district, downtown Phoenix? In downtown Phoenix, yeah. I'm, oh. making, I'm making this too hyper-local, right? No, no, it's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talk to so many people that are so nationally based, but um, I'm, I'm born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. So, um, you know, meeting someone that's kind of helping to preserve some of the historical components of Arizona is great. When I was a kid, like, you know, if you, if you think about where, where you live on McDowell, right? If you were to go north and you were to get to Cactus Avenue, it was all desert. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Right. Like there was nothing there. Uh, and so just to see the sheer growth of Phoenix, it's been insane. You know, it, it used to be a small town kind of feel USA. And now it's the fourth largest city in the United States. Um, and with so much construction and different things that are happening, it's important to preserve some of those historical buildings. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quite the right. I mean, I moved here before America West Arena was built, before <laughs> the Diamondbacks were here. Yeah. Um, the I've been fascinated with Phoenix. Um, I probably take my passion from Brooklyn mm -hmm. and old buildings there and have transferred it there. Uh, I think one of the things I said was saving Phoenix from itself yeah. because Phoenix had this rich history of being yeah. the small town that exploded. It's the largest city in the U.S. without a large, without a major water port, right? Right. So it's a new era, a new type of city. Yeah. And the buildings that were here were, were agricultural. I mean, I've say, I have the oldest warehouse in Phoenix. We have a building that started off with uh, Paul Litchfield, Litchfield Park, mm -hmm. um, Southwest Cotton Company, which is Goodyear. Uh, we have a building that was um, designed by Ed Varney, and Ed Varney designed all these amazing buildings here. Yeah. So it's been this fantastic puzzle, and that's, that's cool. kind of what I do. It's like I'm like artist puzzle, yeah. puzzle master. Yeah. No, that's super <laughs> cool. I live in Levine, so the the rich you know history for agriculture in Levine is huge. And um, you know when my wife and I moved there 12 years ago, it was kind of like, you know, wow, this is cool. There's a, like literally a cornfield at the end of our road, you know, and and having this kind of feel <laughs> where we could go to farmers markets and you know get fresh milk from the dairy and all those kind of things, which um, I think were were really were really fun. And then you know fast forward 12 years later, um, a lot of that agricultural stuff is gone, and they just built you know house after house after house because you have this huge influx of people moving here from you know states like California because of you know whatever well, whatever the reasoning that, are but there's just like yeah, well that's the know. cycle that's the history of Phoenix I mean if, if you go people coming out here Wild West 1860s to yep. 1900s World War one which is why you ended up with Paul Litchfield you ended up with cotton fields because you had to make tires for the war effort yep. World War two you're 400 miles inland so the Japanese bombers can't hit you. That's where you end up with Hughes Aircraft. You end up with with rate, which becomes Raytheon, Raytheon yep. right? I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like Phoenix has been boom and bust, but mostly boom yeah. based off of world events. Um, 
even even with uh, U.S. Steel and manufacturing in the Rust Belt, all those people moving in the Sun Belt in the 70s, that's another influx. Yeah. This new influx, I mean, I'll segue myself with the COVID, <laughs> is going to be a bunch of people moving here because they want to feel safe and they want to be outdoors. Yeah, no, and, and Phoenix and the surrounding areas is a, is, a, is a fantastic place for all outdoor activities. You know, I'm a, I'm an avid boater. I hit the lakes as much as possible, uh, you know, when I, when I, on the weekends and such. But, yeah, no, and I think that, you know, when you, when you talk about COVID, too, and you talk about what people are dealing with, you know, I, I have a strong sense in my brain that some of these places that have some bitter cold winters um, and some of those places that are back east and in the Midwest, they're probably going to get hit with some more COVID in the wintertime along with flu season. That's kind of scary in my mind. If you kind of think about, you know, the breadth of it and, you know, today is uh, the 20th of October that we're recording the show and I'm listening to the radio on my way in this morning and uh, I'm, I'm going a thousand new cases and it, you know, couple of weeks ago we were 300 cases 200 cases and it seems seems to kind of be ramping back up and you know i was hoping that the the heat you know that we have here would would help but i, I don't know if, it, if that's the case well well i think a lot of that i think a lot of this has how you look at data so if i go back if i take how i look at history and look at the buildings and i look at the spanish flu and we look at world war one if you look at the data on the people that convalesced outside mm -hmm. that's a clue to being out in the sun Right. Okay. Um, if you look at Arizona spike originally, if if the powers that be are telling you to go inside and you're not out in the sun and you're all breathing recirculated air, then you could be giving it to yourself. Right. Right. I mean, right. So so it's it's how you it's how you parse out data, and I think I look at it slightly differently. Um, back to like you know, like looking at flu patterns and looking at the same charts and epidemi epidemiological charts. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The places that are going to have shorter days and are going to get colder are historically have yeah. bigger hits. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to ask you a question: historian, art, all that stuff. How? What what was the aha moment where you decided like you were going to start you know researching biomedical stuff and 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 work with COVID things? I'm going to say fear is a is a, <laughs> a great motivator. A great motivator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, the best way for me to tell the story is chronologically. So I have a friend who's a fashion designer in Italy who does a lot of work in China, and in January she started posting horrifying images and praying for China. And it wasn't anywhere in the, you didn't see it anywhere in the Not US. Not on the radar yet. Nothing, no, yeah. And then she's showing x-rays and she's showing data. I'm like, I'm dabbling into it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a chief fan. I'm going to the Super Bowl and <laughs> my mind's in a whole bunch of other, right. whole bunch of other places, right? That was a great experience. Yeah, you yeah, get to yeah, go to I'll, the Chiefs and see well, them win, right? Yeah, I don't know if I should say this. Like, I think it's COVID. I'm going to take COVID as my responsibility because I made a deal for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And yeah, <laughs> no, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> so um, come back from the Super Bowl and start looking at Tanya's posts. And they're really scary because there's yeah. no answer. They're showing x-rays. They're showing people with completely scarred lungs, data that no one had ever seen. And I start looking at it just rudimentarily. And then because she, by, by happenstance, she happens to be in Italy. And when she showed images of the supermarkets, Barron. Yeah. And people freaking out, and again, that had not hit the U.S. media. 
It was like, what the yeah, is that, going was, on here? Was that January of 2020? It, it was, well, February. February, February, February yeah. Okay. So February, they're like end or beginning of March. Yeah, so it was like they had just barely done the travel ban here in the U.S. on, on flights and that stuff around. Because Italy, Italy got hit really hard. Right, yeah. And again, like it's almost like this long blur. It feels like it's 10 years ago, right? So, it, so, <laughs> so timing-wise, I just remember saying that. I remember going to the supermarket and buying Lysol and buying paper towels and stocking up and the cashier's like, what are you doing? It was like, there's a storm coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I was like in a bad movie, right? Yeah. And um, I come So you up. were the guy who took all the toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one who started it, <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I told my wife came in, I was like, I, uh, we, uh, like people can't come over, uh, the, you know, the cleaning uh, woman can't come over, and they're like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, look, like, so everyone thought I was crazy, and then I'm telling people at school, and they're all like, oh, yeah, Mr. Levine's out of his mind. Yeah. Um, structurally, what but I did. But you weren't out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. When, when I saw uh, President Trump do travel restrictions, you know, um, my, my wife, my, my family is Mormon. Like, they're preppers by nature, right? And so I called my mom, and I'm like, Mom, this is weird. Right, and so my mom and I were like, "All right," she said, like, I, I've, "I've got all this stuff canned, you know, <laughs> that we've got. I've got it ready to go." I'm like, "Okay, we'll, well can some more well, stuff." Well, well, being in Arizona, the prep, the prepper, like, is this weird? This, there's this these interesting overlaps between yeah. Mormon preppers. Like, I went out and bought all the MREs that oh, I could. Oh yeah, I got several cases. I, in the house. I had everything. It was like everyone, like, I was buying canned food. I was doing everything. It was like, what's going on? It was like, yeah, these guys have. But well, the prepper part. I'm trying to find bullets. Yeah, I'm like. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, and the whole the whole nine yards because right. the same way I felt the same way I'm like I have no idea what's going to happen how out of control people may be I have to take care of my family okay so <laughs> so I'm a liberal New Yorker where the guns are illegal right, right. I, I went out and bought an AR-15 <laughs> which I don't want to throw that throw the audience off or throw that off but it was like yes I was prepping for I was ex I was expecting the National Guard to be on the streets. Um, from what I saw in China originally, it looked like it was airborne HIV. It, it was, it's not, um, it's not as, it's awful. It's, it, it's taking out people who should not be being taken out, but it's not, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not as horrifying as everyone thinks mm -hmm. it is, but it needs to be addressed correctly. Well, and I, I think it was here earlier than we thought too. And I'm going to, this, this is my reasoning why. For whatever reason, um, my daughter, my wife, and myself all in mid-January got ridiculously sick. And when I say ridiculously sick, like I was going to 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 the uh, uh, to the drugstore to go get a pulse oximeter, right? Because I'm like my daughter's temperature was 105, you know, and. I was, we were really close to like, let's take her to the hospital kind of thing because her temperature was so high. Um, but after a couple of days of, you know, um, ibuprofen and Tylenol and that kind of stuff, we were able to get that under control. But I mean, we were really sick. I had breathing problems, you know, during that time as well. And so, I mean, I almost, I almost feel like I might've already had that in January, it's, you know? It's possible. It's probable. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, lots of people have had, have told that story and have said that you know in 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 tucson i think it was the end of december tucson always has uh, a seafood festival and there are a bunch of people that come to the seafood festival from china 
And oh. so I was doing oh, some... Oh, you're, 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 you're connecting some dots. Yeah, okay. I'm doing some research on that, and I'm going, well, maybe this is how it got to Arizona. You know, maybe this is how it got to, you know, other places, because you have, you know, people traveling from China. And so, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd have to get an epidemiologist and figure out. I mean, you could, yeah, you could, yeah. I mean what's interesting is you could follow the strains, you could follow the RNA, you could follow the data, which, again, I guess I'll segue for myself. That's yeah. like, kind yeah. of like... Um, I, because it was already being called SARS-2, I really started with, um, well, two things stick out of my mind. There's multiple things. But one was I was Google searching in Chinese and Japanese to see what was going on in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Japan for my 50th birthday with my wife, and we were people were walking around with masks all the time. And like, you know. Yeah, it's been a pretty normal thing for, right, since, for, for, yeah. For, yeah, since SARS over there. Correct. And... Um, and the data that was coming back was ventilators don't work, and the people who had survived ventilators have PTSD, and you can't force air in. I'm like, okay, so ventilators are shit can for me, so are, are off the chart for me, yeah. like, right? Which go, you know, comes back to Cuomo, like, what are you talking about? You can't even get that many people in the ventilators, and they don't work. Um, but when I looked at the structure of the virus uh, as a, and, it, and it shows up as a computer model, that's what we do in my shop. We do a lot of three-dimensional modeling. Yeah, yeah. We do biomimicry. I build sculptures that are based off of form follows function and nature. And it was even more geometric. And uh, we're lots of, not, not the coronavirus, but lots of viruses are even more geometric and more fascinating as little machines. And it becomes philosophical. And it's like, how do these things exist? So, and it's basically, they're little machines. Instead of made out of steel, they're made out of proteins. And it was like, it gave me confidence that I could, I understand that model. Right. I understand that object. And it was very similar to Buckyballs, which is Buckminster Fuller and architecture and triangles and geometry. And that's what they were. Um, and then it just became a learning curve. And learning more and and then it, it uh, started building started looking at my own models started calling people um, there's one part of it that actually has to deal with ultraviolet and I had some traction and when Trump made the comment about ultraviolet <laughs> <laughs> no one would talk to me <laughs> so there's definitely what's this new word I learned from there's this uh, doctor that I um, was turned on to called Z-Dog um, Zubin uh, he's, he's got a radio show and a, and, a, and a following, and he had a guy on there, um, a Dr. Ebon, who talked about schismogenesis, I think that's the word, and it's basically you say black, I say white, and I say white, you say black. And what happens is because Trump had made that comment about ultraviolet, mm-hmm. any scientists I talked to were like, they're not going to touch they're it. They're not going to talk to me. Weird. Yeah, and and he and so that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. Not trying to talk politics because yeah. I don't want to do that, but that's like ninety percent of like Trump's issue with the United States with a lot of people who don't like him. Right. Well. Well. <laughs> I, well. I, if, yeah. I mean, I'll get. I call him a broken clock. He's, okay. he's right twice a day, <laughs> and and look, a lot of stuff is like. I mean, he's been. You know, we'll go again. Ironically, he has been great pushing hard on China. And really shown them has shown the world who they really are, but no one else would have gone that way. But there wasn't a plan anyway. I don't want to go. Yeah, we, not, we shouldn't go on that direction. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so <laughs> but 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 what's interesting? There's a lot of things that are hiding in plain sight. And um, again, chronologically, I don't know where to 
to start with this, but everyone is look. Well, how, how about this? I'll back back this up. If you start looking at all the data, and you start looking at graphics as an artist, there's a there's a thing in art called trompe l'oeil, which means fool the eye, and that's like Caravaggio and yeah. the Renaissance and forced perspective. Well, you could do that with graphics too. Yeah. So if you're looking at newspapers, whether, and again, unfortunately this becomes political, depending on who's putting the graphics together, if you make a virus that's spiky with red spikes on it and it looks really mean, it's kind of scary. <laughs> like they're not, yeah. <laughs> and if you start looking at data and you start showing charts on the rise of, of people getting sick. The rise of this crazy spiky red. Right, yeah. and you start looking at pie charts, and they're not done with pie charts. They, like, they never, they, they, you start realizing that you want to warn the public, you want to inform the public, you want them to be safer, um, but people get. Do you don't want to create a panic? Yeah, they get. Well, yeah, they get panicked anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's one of those weird things. So, the red team is completely not panicked, and uh, seems like they're falling off like lemmings. So well, it's kind of like the same and, idea as uh, <laughs> as as as, as um, you know, like. I don't know. I'm not really like a bait and switch. I guess I'm I'm trying to to, to put out there, but it's just it's not. It's sometimes it's, it's not what you say; it's how you say it, right? That that old adage. Yeah. And so I think that you know when you when you talk about how the information is delivered to people, it's not what you say; it's how you say it. You know, and you you can you can ultimately get multiple reactions based on how you say something. Yeah. Well, you can see that you know after after um, Bob Woodward's recorded him saying, well, yeah, it's really scary, but then he didn't want to say it. Like, it's, uh, it, we're, we're, we're screwed now. We're like stuck in politics. <laughs> because, well, because, because I, I keep on saying both sides are right. Like, for me, what I've learned is that the coronavirus is part of coronavidre. It's part of other coronaviruses. Mm -hmm. So structurally, a coronavirus is a coronavirus is a coronavirus. However, it comes from a bat and it's a novel, which, you know, if you just told people it's a new virus, it would be a lot better than saying it's a novel virus. I think most of the public is like, doesn't know that a no novel means new. Right. And I, like, it's like lost in translation. And I think if you said it's a new virus and we're going to have to get used to it and we should all be in this together, that would have been a better um, scenario for everybody. Um, but that's also a 2020 hindsight. Okay. So I, I was at the forefront of it thinking that it was airborne HIV. Once you start looking at it and finding out what, what it is, is okay, well, how do you kill it? It's like, okay, well, everyone else is attracted to the spikes because they're human-centric. They want to know how it interacts with the human cell. And that's like taking a scalpel and you're trying to figure out how to intercalate or interact with the fingers that are sticking out, the spikes that are sticking out. Mm -hmm. And I found a modality that is used in um, uh, has been used in Africa for in blood pathogen clearing. And they use riboflavin, and riboflavin intercalates with the RNA and finds it. I'll get to that later. But, but functionally, you take the blood out of somebody. So, Ryan, you have HIV, mm -hmm. and you want to donate blood to me or to somebody. They take the blood out. They mix it with the riboflavin. They put it under ultraviolet light. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the ultraviolet light k 
kills the virus and doesn't hurt the human blood cells. That's why my HEPA filter has a UV light on it. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I, well, run, I run a couple of those at the house. Right. And it's it, but the same thing. But people, you know, it, it, it's... It's, again, it's really tough. Uh, again, the, <laughs> I'm already off the rails on where where it goes, but then I'm doing then I'm doing my job. Yeah, okay, so so the, so but but basically, there's a modality out there. The bottom line is, there's a modality out there that kills the virus extracorporally, outside of the body. And then when most people, when they hear ultraviolet and they hear those things, they're afraid. And the you know like uh, you, you, your sunscreen and like you're going to get melanoma cancer and. Uh, what's the UV index uh, today, and yeah. what's well? well we I think love. we think about that all the time. The UV index, I mean, especially here in Phoenix. Hey, everybody! I wanted to tell you about this great shaving product that I've been using lately. Not only is it awesome. It will save you money, enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago. Harry's is an awesome product. It delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of leading brands, and saving you hundreds of dollars at the same time. I really like the way that Harry's works. It has a very close shave. It's got a great design for the handle, and also the scent of the shave gel is fantastic, and it leaves your skin nice and smooth. You can get a trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com forward slash frequency. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks a blade. They've cut out middlemen manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. I'm telling you, I use this product and it is absolutely amazing. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in just one stop. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. Again, visit harrys.com forward slash frequency. I want to make sure that everybody gets the chance to to go check it out. You can feel better too about the purchase because 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations developed to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. How could you not get behind the veterans? So important nowadays. Listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. I use it every day. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And I'm telling you, when you get done shaving, your face will feel so smooth. It's amazing. You even get a travel blade cover to keep your razors dry and easy to grab on the go. So make sure you go to harrys.com dot com forward slash frequency to start shaving and saving today. There's tons of different modalities. There's there's tons of fear. I th- you know, you, there's more people afraid of ultraviolet that should be out in the sun because the sun clears pathogens. I mean, it's like all these old wives, or like all these old axioms and sayings. I was going to say old wives tales, but <laughs> but but the sayings of you know sunlight is the best disinfectant and getting out like. The weird part is that Trump made those comments like get out there and get out in the sun. And if you, you know, you could probably make a chart and an epidemiologist could probably figure this out on where the latitudes and, lo- and where, the, where the latitudes and longitudes are on the earth and what your pigmentation is and what you're used to and, right. and, and find those cycles. But again, specifically, we'll back up to the coronavirus. <laughs> so there's been 1.1 million clean blood transfusions using this modality. And my first reaction was just take that, and this is where the, where the patent that I'm working on comes through, take that instead of from blood transfusions and take that into an autologous self-transfusion. And then you're just killing the virus um, 
like a war of attrition. If the virus is supposed something like a hundred viruses per human cell, mm-hmm. or it might be, I think I, th- I think it's like a thousand, <coughs> a thousand viruses per human cell. Um, and again, don't quote me on the numbers. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're and they're spitting out you and you want your you want your body to fight back. You could do you could take this and do a war of attrition. But once I got deeper into the science, because now all of a sudden I'm in this new world where I have to talk science to, to scientists, and they're like, well, what's your background? Where do you go to school? What's your, and like, uh, have an art degree? <laughs> <laughs> they probably look at you funny yeah. after that. <laughs> right. And so l- l- let me clarify. So what, when, when, you, when, you, when you talk about that, are you talking about like uh, where you, you, you take the blood out of your own body and, and infuse riboflavin and UV and then put it back? Yeah, that's one way of doing okay. it. Yeah, and there's one way of doing it where you could do it live, and it could just go from one arm to another arm, and you can monitor it, and you can uh, take you could take uh, get data back, and then there's yeah. tons of metadata in there, and you, there's it's a whole larger piece, and it gets too confusing to talk about. I just think it's cool. You <laughs> come up with a way to clean your own blood. Yeah, you, that's that's pretty it, cool. Well, <laughs> and, but but this is what happens. So. The history of that is that a lot of this stuff was done in the 20s before antibiotics. And again, this is the history lesson part. Um, and then when antibiotics came in and were used in World War II, again, these large uh, monumental periods of time in human history, we were able to use penicillin in, on you know, the beaches in Normandy right? and in, in, in the European theater. Mm-hmm. And our troops convalesced and got better faster than the Nazis did <laughs> and the Axis powers did. So the, and, and if you go through history, you could find that in uh, Napoleon getting slaughtered because his his troops are going into Russia and they're all getting typhus. Yep, yep. And so, I, read, I read about right, that. Right, so you start seeing these patterns and it's just like, all right, okay. Uh, so, but because we're capitalist Americans, <laughs> when 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 all those GIs come back, antibiotics becomes the you know the miracle drug, mm-hmm. right? And so everything becomes antibiotics. But there was this process that was left behind, which you could clean your own blood, but you could also do damage to mammalian cells because it was so primitive. So you right. could actually hurt yourself. Okay, um, so so I kept on getting pushed. It was like okay. We filed a patent, we pushed this stuff. Um, it has a lot of artificial intelligence in it. It has a lot of data collection. It's down into nanometers. Uh, I guess that's one mm-hmm. thing I should touch on is like, in my office we would sculpt in feet and inches and now we're in nanometers and angstroms, but we're using the same software right? and the same data. What software do you guys use? Uh, so we're using Rhino, we're using Grasshopper. Um, and we're using the reason, the reason, Chimera X. Okay. The reason I okay. ask is like okay. I love doing video editing, right. and so um, some of the fun stuff to do is uh, you know when you talk about using Maya or some of those other modeling programs that help create Shrek, you right. know, and some of those kind of things too, which are all you know in, in three dimensional space and 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 you know creating art in that space. So you guys are you guys are essentially doing the same thing as DreamWorks. Yeah. Well, you could in, in your models. Yeah. Well, you could download the PDB files, the protein mm-hmm. database files of the coronavirus. And you could open it up in Maya, yeah, and play with your own coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, look, I, when I, I started, you know, uh, it, it, it's fascinating. We're using the same data that all the scientists around the world are using, and they're using cryo, um, um, 
crystallography. Um, they're using electron microscopes and taking slices and they're building these models. The Chinese, the work that's happening in China is a few months ahead of what's happening yeah. in the rest of the world. Their sense. data is better. And the information that's coming back, a lot of these, and so I'm finding, like if this would segue into everyone's in their own little vertical, right? So, I know that sounds pejorative, not little. Everyone's in their own vertical. So you have theoretical molecular um, modelers. You have the mo molecular modelers who are only building it off of the electron microscopes. You have the epidemiologists that are tracing patterns. You have the virologists that are used to building. And everyone is an expert in their own field. And it's kind of like they're not looking for the whole picture. They're right. only seeing they're their stuck, own. They're, they're stuck in their vertical. Right, and so that's that's really, I feel like, where I came, where I come in. Do you think all those verticals share their data? Because I think that huh. I think that could be challenging too, as you're, you know, from a, you know, just look at it from a, a project management perspective, right? And it's like, I have a, I have a, a problem that I need to solve. Well. I, I, I want all the data I can from all you know, sectors and verticals the, to be able to... The, the universities that are sending stuff out are putting the data out on the web, and that's how I'm able to download it and build okay. models. So, yeah, they're sharing the data there. The research that's being done in the universities is usually um, public-private. So mm -hmm. if, it's, it's, if it's a university that's attached to a hospital, that hospital needs to generate money, and then the, someone financed it and again it's not conspiracy theory it's it's how it's done right and but what happens is if they spend so much time working on interferon or interferon 2 or remdesivir or hydroxychloroquine or whatever whatever drug is coming up there yeah, that one of those was the ones that they used on the president right yeah well yeah the remdesivir Re Re and and the monoclonal and yeah. um uh Regeneron and yeah, and that, and it, that's the one that's not read, like not publicly available. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a well again. It's like <laughs> the the problem I have with all those things. It's it's all it's all uh, profit driven, and if you look at the fact, if if you look at the COVID epidemic pandemic. In its totality, it is doing more damage, collateral damage, than it is in the main damage. The collateral and, damage has been yeah, and, insane. But and the and then if you looked at it on beneficial use, I mean, I mean, look, Trump even got it under beneficial use. He had to get the FDA to go through. So you have all these bureaucracies, you have all these layers, you have layers of government, you have people who want to invest, and they want to turn a profit, um, and so people are always looking for new. They're looking for the new answer, even even if they're repurposing drugs, which was the idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if I did it really chronologically, um, I imported Camistat mesylate from Japan <laughs> before the before the post office shut them down. Camistat mesylate is a ACE2 tempers 2 inhibitor, and there's other people who went on to that. If you take that, it would stop the coronavirus from getting in your cells. The whole US, the whole United States could have that. But I don't know why it hasn't happened. I mean, I don't know if it's because of drug manufacturing and or it's also not U.S. FDA approved. It's approved in Japan. Well, that's probably the problem right there is it's not U.S. FDA right, approved. Right, And same thing. So like the ultraviolet is approved in labs, but it's not approved for human use. And again, I understand. It's a, one of the verticals is when you talk to clinicians and doctors, 
their whole thing is do no harm and they want to make sure it's not going to hurt anyone. And my whole thing turned into try or die. It's like if... if <laughs> That's kind of what I've, I understand that one. I took the HIV, AIDS battle like that. So that back, like, so now I'm cycling back to New York. So like I grew up, I went to art school in the 80s in New York. Yeah. And I had friends who died of AIDS and, and Fauci was actually there and they were doing these double blinds. And I didn't know that at the time. I know this... After, you know now I just it, I'm, I, I'm I, completely amazed at all the information that you were able to uh, you know put into pack into your brain the last <laughs> eight months <laughs> yeah, well it's like I, I feel like rain man <laughs> like I just want to like keep telling you right like, like I want to get to, I'm trying to give you the background on all these different things but again it's politics and it's mm -hmm. understanding it's not just the science okay so with HIV the normal way the FDA would do it under Fauci was if someone was dying of AIDS, they would give a drug to pa these patients and they would give a placebo to the other patients. And it's like, and at that point, they were going to die anyway. Well, you're extending their life. And Larry Kramer and a lot of the people from ACT UP pushed Fauci and turned him in allowing Fauci, as long as it's not going to hurt you more than the HIV would. So people were able to try and it became try yeah. or die. Now, with coronavirus, it could be the same thing. I mean, what I'm advocating with the riboflavin modality that I have is that it can't hurt you. It, like, so, it th so why not try? Yeah, there's no upper limit. And then I start going crazy because it, it doesn't become CNN or the New York Times or Fox or any of these people asking Fauci, what would you do? It becomes Matthew McConaughey and, <laughs> and Jennifer uh, Garland. Yeah. And, and, ask, and they're like, well, what do you think about vitamin well, yeah, lots. I take vitamin D. It's like, and all of a sudden, vitamin D becomes the word du jour for everyone. Every news outlet's like, well, what about vitamin D? And well, guess what? The outcomes of vitamin D... To, have, to make your own vitamin D in your body, you need a coenzyme. The coenzyme that makes vitamin D is riboflavin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like logic dictates is what I'm advocating. So you, 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 could, you could be just as effective by uh, taking some riboflavin and going outside? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's and, and uh, I've tried it. Like, I mean, like, I've given... I've given samples of riboflavin. Like, again, there's no profit. I'm like, I, I, like you tell people to go buy riboflavin, they're like, how do you spell that? And, and then they, they're like, oh, it's vitamin B2. And they're like, B12? I'm like, no, B2. B2. They're like, B6? It's like, no, B2. <laughs> it's like, oh, I take, a, I, take a, I take a B complex. And it's like, that's not enough. It's a war of attrition. Yeah. So I, so I start finding all the, again, different verticals, different modalities. There's a thing called a riboflavin transporter disease. Up until 2011, they didn't even know that there was a thing called a riboflavin transporter, right? So science keeps moving forward and new data comes back. And it was just this disease called brown something disease. And you, without riboflavin, you can't grow. Like riboflavin used to be called the growth vitamin. And if you do rat studies, you can't grow. So these people, it's very rare. I think there's 250 in North America. If they don't have the riboflavin transporters in their genetic code, it's a genetic disease, they can't grow. But guess what? If you give them high-dose riboflavin... Then that helps them out. It helps them out, and they could actually survive. And then mitochondria, like, uh, I've been trying to get to Jack Black. <laughs> he was like, before, before Fauci got to, to McConaughey, it's like, Jack Black has a relative who has mitochondrial disease, and mitochondria disease 
does really well when it gets high dose riboflavin, which gives energy to the mitochondria. And you know, people in biology classes, the powerhouse of the cells. It's like I've gone down this Alice in Wonderland <laughs> wormhole, rabbit hole, like mixed with um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and and it's like, wait a second, mitochondria are in our cells, but they're actually ancient bacteria that have their own RNA that go back millions and millions of years before humans even existed. It's like, what the? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and you could just keep forcing, and then it's like, so riboflavin breaks down, and, and you need it for ATP, you need it for NAD, you need it for F FMH, you, you need it for the MTHFR. Like every, it's almost like every, bi it feels like every biological function in the human body Uses riboflavin in some, way, in, in some way, in some form. Yeah, and the heart of it is the thing called an iso uh, isooxazin, and it's eighteen molecules. So this, uh, so it's uh, uh, CHNO. So C seventeen H uh, C seventeen H twenty N four o six, and then the isooxazin um, hexagon molecules in the center then break off and they reconvene and they stack. And it's basically philosophically what's, what has become for me is, again, this goes back to the, the verticals, is you have these people who look for ancient life, they look for astrophysicists who are looking for life on other planets, and they're looking for markers of life. Well, guess what? Riboflavin is one of those pre-existing conditions. It's a fundamental vitamin that every other molecule and nucleic acid used as a building block. Yeah, you just, I, I'm, to, I'm totally adding vitamin B2 to my regimen now. There's like, you know, so I, I, uh, I do karate. And so as part of doing karate, like I try to make sure that, you know, I, I eat healthy foods and, you know, you know, I am a little overweight. I do like to drink a beer or two, but whatever. Okay. Um, hey, wait, we're in person. So yeah. just for everyone. Yeah. Um, Without masks on. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're distanced. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to check out this new service that I'm playing around with called Issue. It is totally amazing. You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With Issue, make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it, it is free. F-R-E-E free. That's right. It's free to get started with Issue. So go to issue.info slash frequency to sign up for your free account. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, Finding Your Frequency. Remember, that's dot info, not dot com, dot info. So go to I-S-S-U-U dot info slash frequency and get your free account today. I've been cooped up in the house wearing a mask and I got to a point where I was just like, 
I'm either going to get it or I'm not. You know what I mean? That, that was well, kind of like my, my, my idea behind it I'm, at that point. I'm just like, well, and, I, and I told you about what happened in January. Like my whole family got sick. Right. And, and, you know, I've, had, I've said that story and they're like, well, go get tested. If you take the premise that the coronavirus, again, is just a cold, it would be like, can you ma- how about this, without death, like without the bad outcomes, without the long haulers, if, if, if I was in here saying, hey, um, or not me coming in here, anyone saying, we want to track all the colds that you have anytime you have a cold, mm-hmm. everyone would like, what? Like, so in that respect, yeah, I agree with you. It would be like, you wouldn't want, like either you're, you're going to get it, or you're not going to get it. Um, it. But you don't hit that category. So now I'll segue to Sweden, okay. which is like a hot button. I was looking at Sweden. I was looking at Tegnell early on, and it was, I guess I was gambling my reputation, which <laughs> there's a lot of friends who I've reached out to who think I'm off my rocker with it early on. And it was, unfortunately, they didn't protect the elderly in the, in the nursing homes. But if you look at their data, they're not wearing masks, right? Yeah. They're keeping people over 60 years old. Yeah, they did. They they did a they did a whole, uh, you know, if you are an at risk person, you stay home, right, and then allow everybody else to continue operating normally, right. And I, and again, the the whole thing about herd immunity, it's like, yeah, I, it probably won't happen. It'd be like the the common cold does not does, go away, right. and there's a lot of money to be made. And well, like just like the flu that. too. I mean, there's no there's no cure for the f- flu. It right. doesn't go away. You know, right. even the even the flu vaccine, and I've experienced this. I took the flu vaccine, and then five weeks later, guess what? I got the flu. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And again, there's there's too many moving parts. Mm-hmm. There's too there, there's too many variables in in human genome and where you live and what you eat, and what your health is. And so we want to split the difference. We want to split the metal. And again, I'll pitch like masks. Prob- in my opinion, masks probably work as a way of keeping viral load down. Overall, okay? yeah. Yeah, so it's like a de facto vaccine in that, so if you are sick and you're in the supermarket and a little bit of the virus is getting out, then the other person barely feels it and they're vaccinated or inoculated. And again, the w- words are a third rail on a lot of this. Um, the, the epidemiologists and looking at the data what we just talked about, it's like, yeah, over 65, over 70 years old, the, uh, the health concerns, the pre-existing conditions. Now, the, the other part is people are, there's a bunch of people saying that there's two different um, pandemics going on. You have an obesity pandemic overlapped to the coronavirus. Now, you look at... You, you I, I, look, would, I wouldn't disagree with that, yeah. and especially if you look at, you know, the United States as a whole. We're, as, we're, we're like the fattest country that, that there is. Right, and you look at, now you look at Mexico, and you look at England, and you start looking at the countries. It's like, well, how come Africa's not getting it? It's okay, well, they're not obese. <laughs> <laughs> they're outside all the right. time. They, yeah, it's, they're also younger. Yeah. It, these are younger populations, Right. Um, I mean, there's outliers and all this stuff. I guess I should go back to Sweden because yeah. you're going to be like me. Like we're going to, I don't, I don't know how you. Is this like a straight thing where you like edit this? Uh, but, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm self entertaining. Um, and the the same data with Ber- with Bergamo and what I saw with Tanya in Italy was 
at a certain point when they when they filled up, they said anyone over sixty we're not even going to take into the ICU because they were looking at their outcomes. So then it becomes like triage and it became like war. Yeah. And I think and and Sweden did the same thing. And again, it's more of a homogenous population. It's ten million. And again, I don't I don't know the data off the top of my head, but it's like Arizona's got seven and a half million seven, people. Yeah, so, and yeah. so you could look at the data. We have more deaths in Arizona than they did in Sweden. Than they have in Sweden. Yeah. Right. And and if you look and if you start looking at the totality of Europe and you start adding all the countries up, everything's starting to kind of like even off with all the different 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 levels. China is kind of interesting. Um because Wuhan and Hubei province got locked down, and then you, there's, there's no data coming out. But again, a communist government, you don't know what they're actually yeah. saying and what they're releasing. And also, they have the ability to shut everybody down and truly lock them down. Yeah. And you know, then you go back to 1918 with countries or New Zealand. Okay, same thing, off the rails. Well, and I, so, think, I think some of the data, too, when you're talking about some of the geographic locations and, and implications on those particular uh, communities, you know, like India is, an, uh, India is kind of an anomaly, too, because India has a billion people in it. And um, we have the same amount. There's 300 million in the United States, 350 million. And um, the death toll in India is the same as the United States. And they have, you know... 10, 20 times more people. Right. Well, again, that's where it becomes charts and how you yeah. how you show numbers and polls and, and how you show it graphically. So I've been, uh, you know, I would encourage anyone listening to get, like, ignore all the news outlets yeah. and just look at, look up the COVID data and look world and data. And the CDC has great links and you could check the EU and you could reverse Google and check things in other countries and you could see the real data. Yeah. So it comes down to, you know, one point something percent, which is way worse than the flu. We need to protect our elderly. We need to protect the people that are at risk. And the f and masks and social distance ma masks I'm for social distancing is almost like anti-human uh, <laughs> we're not designed for that we're, we're not designed for that yeah and, well, I mean that was like you know my kid doing online school right now you know what I mean yeah. like it's it I can I can see in her face how unhappy she it, is yeah you know what I mean she's just so bad just wants to go interact with other people yeah you know, and so I, uh, we're on the list when the school opens. I'm like, you're going back to school. Oh, your school's not open yet? No. Oh, our schools are open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah. My, our, uh, eight, Kate, Kate is eight, and she's in school. She's loving it, and she has no problem with the mask. And my son, uh, who's 10, is in fifth grade. And Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, yeah my daughter's in sixth in, grade. They start um, ne next week. They'd start a hybrid thing where they go for, you know, like a couple days a week, and then they're home for, a f like, I think Thursdays and yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays. My 11-year-old likes the Zoom because then she just gets all her Zoom work and she gets it done and then she <laughs> does what she wants. But she does, she, but she does crave the in-person. Yeah. So, and again, so children are, again, bulletproof. H how about this? So Trump made the comment saying everyone's going back to school. Schools are opening and everybody freaked out. But, th but schools are now open and there's no, you're not seeing a death toll. That's right. why I said like the broken clock part of it. He right. was right on that one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, but there's no compassion. There's no empathy. There's no, like, we need to protect the weak. We need to protect, like, that's part, that's a major part of the problem. Okay. So the modality that I'm pushing riboflavin should be that um, bridge. 
So you, so if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, and and where you you want to wear a mask because you want people to feel better, um, you want your fellow human being to feel less afraid. Just drop three phones. <laughs> um, then, if you have a tickle in your throat, take the riboflavin. You don't have to get tested. And the dosage part, like I earlier said, it's it's not twenty or thirty milligrams. It's I'm advocating for 400 milligrams. Is that daily? Daily, yeah. And you and if you feel really, really sick because you've got a high viral load, like you were in a hospital or you met someone and someone coughed in your face and 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 you get you like you feel the symptoms quicker. So, you know, it's like if you had a thousand viruses spit on you, or if you had ten viruses spit on you, that your body, you know, again, war of attrition. And my my hypothesis on that is based off of the frontline workers around the world who sacrificed themselves, who were, had low PPE or their masks were getting hit with viral load after viral load, or when you're doing, when you're intubating somebody, you're intubating someone who's super sick, super sick. Who, should, who should theoretically have the highest viral load, mm-hmm. and you're getting the highest amount of droplets on you. And so those people who are younger were dying because they were, they were, not martyrs, but they were, they felt they could save everyone just off of their will. And they, they were, you know, lambs to the slaughter. And once that modality changed and people started and the healthcare workers backed off and they stopped the ventil or they slowed down on ventilators, it, it's sad because that stuff was stuff that you already read about in SARS-1 in Toronto. And in China, like they weren't doing the ventilator stuff because they knew that's where you were forcing it into the air, right? So anyway, uh, so the data the data seems to show that the high viral loads is what causes it. And if you want to break those high viral loads, fight fire with fire. And for me, you could do that with riboflavin. You could do it with, the, with the high dose riboflavin. And since now the now the proof of its efficacy and its safety is that is that People with migraines, there's 11,000 plus people in, in Canada, and I, I should probably get the data correct on the numbers. There's tens of thousands of people around the world who take high-dose riboflavin to cut their migraine headaches, and there's no adverse effects. And under the FDA, it says no upper limit. Now, you, can, you might get nauseous if you're in Arizona, or if you go out in the sun, you might feel tingly. It, if, uh, you, you're, you might get bloodshot eyes, so you could back off. Right? I if mean, you start experiencing some of those. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're going to urinate yellow. I mean, you saw I'm wearing bright yellow fire, firefighter <laughs> pants today, and it's like, it's almost like my own, like I walk around like, why are you wearing that? Well, let me tell you something about a riboflavin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and it's like, a good conversation starter, yeah, right? right. Yeah. And, and again, it's one by one. It needs to be scale. And I've been trying to find, you know, that's why I'm doing an interview with you. I'm trying to find that scale right. to get it out there. But yeah, I mean, I think this is extremely important information. I mean, um, you know, you've done a lot of research. You've, you've looked at um, a lot of things that I think from a different perspective of being an artist that maybe a scientist wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, look at it from that perspective. And so I think that's that's uniquely you. Well, it's, sci- it's science and art because, like, I've, I here's the frustrating part. I've pitched it to two NIH scientists, and I said, Here's what the science is. Riboflavin automatically absorbs into the coronavirus. It hits the guanosin. It intercalates with the guanosin. And again, this is crass. I say it hits the G-spot every time. And when it hits the G-spot, the uracil flips out. 
and that corrupts the data. Now, under ultraviolet light, it cuts the RNA and stops it. And that's kind of was the aha moment where I said, wait a second, if it flips the data, you don't even need the UV. You could just start taking high-dose riboflavin, and it should start flipping the uracil. But when I told the NIH, they're like, well, it sounds like you have the makings of a vaccine. I'm like, yeah, but. And then they say, well, we work for the NIH, and we can't talk to you. And then I had a friend at the CDC, and I sent her an email. She's like, you're not a preferred vendor, and you're not even a doctor, and you're not a scientist. I can't talk to you. And then I. That's so stupid. <laughs> I have a team of I have a team of I have a virologist in Kentucky. Um, I have a molecular um, computer model, a, a molecular modeler in uh, Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an epidemiologist in Belgium. I mean, I, I didn't. Even, I should have given you that part of the story. We went off on a bunch of. But it's like I have a I have a real team, and I, I keep telling people I keep asking people to prove me wrong. Like tell me that I'm wrong. I would rather go back to renovating buildings and saving stuff. But I truly, every morning I wake up and I look at my data and again I'm like, this should work. And we've tried it with a few dozen people and it does work. But it can't be, like I said, it can't be the small amounts. You have to start high when you feel sick. Now prophylactically, you could probably take 100 a day. And again, I can't, according to the FDA, you can't hurt anybody, so. That's awesome. Michael, <laughs> thanks for being on. Uh, is, is there any final details that you think uh, the the listening audience should know before before we we call it an episode? Uh, don't be afraid of urinating yellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm so confident in this. I bought riboflavin.com, riboflavin.org. I bought it in Chinese, in Mandarin, Cantonese, Russian, Greek, uh, Japanese, Arabic, Hebrew. I I it's it's the closest thing to insulin, mm-hmm. like f- as freeware. So you kind, you kind of, of own riboflavin. Yeah. For better, for better or worse. <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> Hopefully way better. Michael, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. It's oh, been, it's you. been fun. Uh, you know, I know, I know this episode was very <laughs> uh, wordy, right? Scientifically uh, wordy with a lot of things, but go, but go, go look this stuff up. Um, and, and where can people find information about you online? Uh, so riboflavin.org is more of a generic website. Riboflavin.com. We've, Again, because you can see I'm all over the place like a ping pong ball. I have people smarter than me making riboflavin.com. So riboflavin.com will come online. And if you, when you take the riboflavin, we have an email, tryriboflavin at gmail.com. Okay. And people send us uh, their stories. We have, an, we have a formal um, uh, diary that you could fill out. But okay. otherwise, people have sent us videos of what they did. So, so yeah, you have actual yeah. use cases of people that have had the coronavirus that have leveraged riboflavin to yep. cure themselves. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the, it, a lot of them came as like the no atheists in foxholes kind of thing. Right. They're like, yeah, I was like, wait a second, I feel sick. What do I do again? <laughs> <laughs> Eat this. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for being here. Right, we cool. really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning into this episode of Finding Your Frequency. Uh, make sure you go to riboflavin.com, uh, and, right? Yeah and, and, yeah. and then, of course, try riboflavin at gmail.com. Send over some information. Uh, find out more about what Michael's doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this is uh, some cutting edge stuff. Uh, I hope more people uh, will listen to this show and, and contact you and and help you create more data. That, that would be amazing. Awesome. And, and, and it's Jack on. Black if you're listening. <laughs> Mitochondria. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for another episode next week right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We appreciate everybody being on the show. And if you're listening on your favorite uh, podcast listening, make sure you give us five stars because I think we deserve it. It's five stars better than four. Uh, and then, of course, uh, share this with your friends and uh, let them know about finding your frequency. And uh, stay tuned. We have another great episode coming at you next Friday.